Do you ever feel like there's a conspiracy behind what's going on in the world? I remember in college, I had a professor that taught this conspiratorial view of history. Now, this is Wednesday, April 12th, and we've been talking post-Easter about the resurrection, what God is doing in the world. Now, of course, the conspiratorial view means that behind the events we see in the news, there's a sinister battle taking place between powers that usually go unseen by normal mortals like you and me. Now, these are political alliances guided by some of the world's wealthiest families. Now, that professor may have a point, although he seemed a little paranoid for my taste. Now, actually, what Scripture teaches is that there is a battle in the heavens. Satan, the divider and deceiver, has mustered his forces to oppose the Lord. And, of course, he can't oppose God head-on. So instead, he pursues his creatures, people like you and me. His most effective weapon is his native language, which is lies. And here's our text for today, Colossians 2, verse 14 to 15. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Now this text explains how Jesus liberated us from sin and death. And the way he explains it, this is the Apostle Paul, we were living in death. The principalities and powers were run by the evil one, controlling our lives and keeping us in fear. We were stuck in the fear of death and far from God. But Jesus showed up and opened the way for us to have a new life. Now, This past Sunday, I shared the story from the movie The Sixth Sense. I remember watching it. Bruce Willis plays the character named Malcolm Crow, a child psychologist trying to help a young boy that has some had some severe problems. It's not until you get to the end of the movie that the truth is revealed. Malcolm Crow has been dead the whole time. He's been dead through the entire movie. And your mind races to put the pieces together. How did you miss this? And as you reinterpret the story through this new truth, all the pieces of the puzzle come together and they make complete sense. That one revelation changes everything and also makes sense of everything else at the same time. Sorry for the movie spoiler, by the way. Now with Jesus, the story is the opposite. In revealing that he is alive, everything in his ministry takes on a new light. Paul is describing part of this shift in thinking, and it goes like this. The powers of evil had won. The Son of God, appearing on earth, was rejected by people and went to the cross and died. The story appeared to be over, and evil declared victory. Death triumphed. But hold on a minute. Then Jesus rose from the grave, and everything changed. Even the horrific death of the cross now comes into a new light. There where death won, instead that is where it lost. There where evil won the day, 
It became the place where evil was defeated, and Satan was put in his place. Paul says that in the process, the authorities and powers, those unseen forces that move our world, were shown to be weak, a laughingstock actually. Jesus made a joke of them by defeating them in his death at the cross. Okay, there's so much to unpack here. But maybe the place to start is with that wording, the powers and authorities. What Paul is saying is that behind much that happens in our world are spiritual powers. Haven't you ever wondered that? Why do people in our world often just seem to be going the same direction toward dark and evil ends? What is moving them? At times it feels like the very air we breathe has been tainted, and so we end up going a direction that produces division and conflict. Again, this is not conspiracy paranoia, but a description of the spiritual battle for our world going on behind the scenes. Paul says that this battle is not against flesh and blood. In other words, it's not blue versus red. It's not about forms of government or political parties. It's not nation against nation or wealthy families. He is speaking of the powers in the spiritual realm, where the evil one, Satan, the liar and divider, is working to destroy. And that's his game plan. But God was determined to disempower Satan and death and God does that in the most surprising way, at the cross. And the worst sort of death, a death that looked like nothing more than a horrific defeat, Jesus triumphed over those powers. Now what this means for us is freedom. First, there's a freedom from our sin. Jesus has removed our sin from us by nailing it to the cross. It died with him. This means that we can come freely to God with confidence. And second, Jesus has defeated death, shattering the grave with his resurrection. This means we do not have death hanging over us, casting a shadow over our lives. We can live without that persistent fear that one day we will die and then we'll be lost. Because Jesus defeated death and has brought life to us, we're living in a new world. We looked at this in greater detail on Easter Sunday. This one final section of the text for us to consider, Jesus canceled our legal indebtedness. He stamped on our bill, paid in full. He has completely cleared us before the face of God, bringing atonement through his death on the cross. And yes, this should give us great joy as we live in the light of Easter and Good Friday. Let's pray. Faithful Father, Often our world seems entranced by evil and drawn to it as a moth to the flame. The underlying power is so pers persuasive. Teach us not to be afraid and to trust that you have good things planned for us. Thank you for the freedom we have in Jesus. Teach us how to live as free men and women to the praise of your name. Amen.